welcome to another episode of this special series of Looking After Nature podcasts, where we'll be talking all things right of way. My name is Gemma Clinch, and I'll be your host for this special series. And I'm also here with our usual co-host, Carly Harrod. Hi, Carly. Hi, Gemma. So we are here today at Basingstoke Common up in the north again. And we are here today to meet with Petronella, who works for the British Horse Society to discuss all things horsey. Yeah, so Hampshire has over 2,000 miles of rights away, but not all of them are open to horses. No, that's right. Our rights away have certain designations for who can use them. So footpaths can only be used by walkers. Bridleways can be used by walkers, horse riders and cyclists. Then we have restricted byways, which are open to all non-mechanically propelled traffic. And byways, which are open to all traffic. So... Let's get talking to Petronella to find out more about hacking in the countryside and what you as a horse rider or a walker need to be aware of. Hi Petronella. Now I would normally say nice to meet you but I've known you for quite a while because you used to work in the rights of way department didn't you? I did indeed yes I was an access development officer with Hampshire County Council for over 14 years amazingly. Um, but I then left to become access field officer for the South region for the British Horse Society. And that means that as well as Hampshire, I um, cover Oxfordshire, Buckinghamshire, Berkshire and the Isle of Wight. So wow. I'm really You're... lucky to have such a lovely patch. And a very busy lady by the sounds of things as well. Fairly. I have lots <laughs> of lovely volunteers who help me. Oh, brilliant. But um, yes, there's quite a lot to do. I can imagine. Well, it's lovely to have you here and thank you for talking all things horsey with us. So. Obviously, Carly's mentioned about what we're going to be talking about today, but you're a horse rider yourself, aren't you? I am, yes. I no longer own a horse, but I do ride out for friends as and when I get the opportunity. And Mm. I did after I had my own horse put down. I, for 10 years, had the real privilege of riding a beautifully schooled friend's horse. A friend's beautifully schooled horse, I should say. Lovely. So as a horse rider, I'm really interested to know when we talk about etiquette, so when you come across a, a footpath user with a dog or a cyclist, etc., what, what do we need to be thinking as people on the ground when we're coming up against horses? If you could just give us a little rundown on etiquette that we should be considering, please. Well, I would say whoever you are, and it doesn't matter whether you're a walker or a horse rider, a cyclist or a carriage driver, The real thing that matters is to look out for who else is on the route and make eye contact, say hello. You're both out on the same path, enjoying the same bit of countryside for very much the same reasons. And so it's really nice to be able to share it in a sociable way. Mm -hmm. And it can often add to the pleasures of the day because you never know who you meet. Absolutely. Um, And I find, I mean, yes, sometimes one's on a limited time scale, but even just a smile and a thank you if someone pulls in their dog or pulls up on their bicycle and lets you pass, you know, it makes a difference. Always, always acknowledge other people and say thank you if someone shows you a courtesy. Absolutely. I mean, we're fellow dog owners. You've got your lovely dog here with us while we're speaking. I have. She's on her lead. She's actually really settled on the floor, actually, just chilling. Um, my dog's quite good with horses now, thankfully. I have got made sure we've passed many horses to get her used to it. But it's, it's just really important, isn't it, to be mindful. If your dog is really well behaved, but still be mindful that horse might not like dogs. So you need to think about it that way as well. So it's just trying to be 
bit more open-minded, isn't it, sometimes when you are passing horses, what you need to be thinking? I would always advise anyone, particularly if you're passing either a ridden horse or a carriage horse particularly, because they have a very limited range of vision. Generally, they're taken out in blinkers, so mm -hmm. they can only see what's ahead of them. And anything that appears within a horse's field of vision suddenly is likely to spook them. Yeah. And they're unpredictable. They're prey animals. And so they are, if they're uncertain about something, their first instinct is to get out of there fast. Yes. So even though my dog is very well used to horses, as you can see, she's very calm around she horses is. here on the, on the common. If I'm passing someone who's either riding or driving, um, I would always put her on the lead mm -hmm. because I really don't want to be responsible for causing an accident. Yes. The other thing is, um, I'd be devastated if she was kicked or trampled. Mm -hmm. It would be entirely my fault for not having her under control. And I just don't want to risk that injury to her. She's a small dog and actually if she was on the far end of a horse's kick, it could be fatal. Absolutely. That's a really good point to make. Thank you for making it. Um, it's not that horses want to kill dogs generally, but if they're startled mm. and frightened, they will lash out as a defence. Yes. So it's, it's well worth bearing in mind for your dog's interest as much as, and indeed any, any other pedestrian standing nearby. Absolutely, especially if you're on a bit of a congested right of way and there seems to be lots of people coming all of a sudden. Exactly. Got a group of people to be mindful about. Exactly. Um, now, it kind of does bring me on to the subject of, of horse riders. I mean, the dark, the dark nights are coming in and the mornings are still quite dark. Um, obviously, as a cyclist, you should be wearing high-vis, um, but horses as well, I mean, you sh we, we should make sure we can see them as well as the rider, and includes carriage drivers as well. We say always wear high-vis. Doesn't matter what the weather conditions are, okay. because in fact, yes, the dark nights, um, generally horse riders avoid going out when it's low light levels, mm. but sometimes it's not possible to, because we have to fit it around work and the rest of life. But always wear high vis because even on the brightest sunny day, if the sun is in a driver's eyes, yes, you will not be as visible if you have no high vis on, and so it's always sensible. That's on the roads, but I would say also out in the countryside, high vis is equally important. Yes, let those dog walkers see you well in advance, so they can call their pets in and put them on the lead. Um, Hampshire's a very popular county for shooting. Yes, good point. I always like to wear high-vis. I have actually, and I was wearing high-vis and they still didn't see me, I have been shot at by a clay shoot. Wow. <laughs> they had set up across a bridleway and they had no marshals. Oh, goodness me. So um, I always say to myself when I go out, high-vis, and I say to anybody, don't, you know, always be visible be mm. responsible and make sure you can be seen. Absolutely. I, I've seen some great things on horses before. The ear high-vis, I've seen bits going through the tail. I mean, oh, there is so much out there, isn't stuff. there? There's really yes. high-vis tack. As you say, you've got high-vis hats, you've got the lovely high-vis sheets. Yeah. Um, and the other reason for being out, and um, particularly, I mean, we have got Air Force Base here at Odium, um, just across the way, and for the helicopters if you've got high vis on they can see you and they can make sure they don't pass too low that's a really good point i wouldn't have even thought about that 
Yes. That's a campaign that the BHS has run with the Royal Air Force. Oh, how interesting. And in fact, I have a wonderful bright pink exercise sheet, which has the Royal Air Force Roundel on it, which they were giving out at um, events to encourage people to make sure they're visible. Really interesting. So you, you think about the things on the ground, you don't think about the things in the sky when it comes to high vis and being seen, do you? You don't. No. So it's, it's well worth thinking in three dimensions. Absolutely. Definitely. So before we go on, let's clarify some really important points we've just made in that chat. So cyclists, walkers, fellow horse riders, if it's a nervous horse coming your way, pull aside is, is the best idea, isn't it? It's just move to one side. If you can see horses coming towards you, let them pass, then you move on. Um, that's the key, key thing there, I think, isn't it, to point out? It really is. Um, cyclists in particular often feel that the best thing they can do is to pass as quietly yeah. and as quickly as possible to get out of the way and unfortunately that's probably the worst thing to do mm. because horses have very acute sense of hearing and they will probably um, hear you and see you before the rider is aware right. and that means the rider may be relaxed when the horse suddenly goes oh my god that's a cyclist yeah. and takes off or shies and that can result in the rider being unseated or having a moment of loss of controls. Our advice to cyclists is the moment you get within earshot, make sure that the rider is aware yes. as soon as, you know, as at the same time as the horse, because that will then ensure that the rider has full, you know, she, they can shorten their reins. Generally, just get the horse up together and, and then pass them slowly and stay within view. We've done a really lovely project with Cycling UK, okay. which is a cam campaign called Be Nice, Say Hi. And that's really about how to pass each other, whether it's on the roads or on the rights of way, because we all share those spaces. Yes. And we're all perfectly legitimate users of those spaces. Yes. Um, but um, for people who aren't sure about horses, and some people are actually quite nervous around They are. Horses. I've got a friend who really isn't a fan at all, and um, it's quite a big deal for her to walk past a horse. Yes. Um, so, yes, it is, it's funny. You have to bear in mind those people as well, and they might panic themselves. And that's actually where you know, it comes back to this thing that, as a responsible rider, I'm always looking out for the other users and thinking about what does their body language tell me? Mm. Um, generally speaking, I would say I would try to... I would certainly slow down and pass somebody at a walk. Um, and pass them as widely as you can. But if the, if, the, if the walker looks nervous and your horse is happy to stop and stand and let the walker pass, mm. then that's often the better way to do it. Yeah. Or you look for somewhere to pull in. Yes. But try and accommodate other people's and be aware of other people's needs and uncertainties. And that really applies to anyone. Basically, we're just asking right all users to be courteous of one another. And that is literally simply it, isn't it? Absolutely. They're, they're, and, and I understand people are very aware they don't want to do things wrong when it comes to animals. People are quite worried about what to do and what not to do. Um, but generally speaking, it's just being genuinely quite courteous. And as you say, if you need to speak to the rider, if you need to shout out something to them to make them aware you're there, do so. Don't be afraid to make you know, communication. Exactly, exactly. And likewise, if you can see someone who's stopped and looking a bit apprehensive, mm. um, just call ahead. You know, I'm, I can think of examples where someone's been uncertain as to whether come, they've seen me coming down a fairly narrow bit of bridleway 
towards them and they're there walking with the dog and they said oh um do you want do you want me to get out of the way and i'll say oh no there's a there's a wider bit just behind me i'll go back I'll to be, that and yeah. you come back you know you come past there so you know it's about looking at the situation and managing it to minimize the stresses and risks for everybody because the other thing as a horse rider is you have got this second brain involved but as the rider you are the person who knows that brain and how it's likely to be thinking yes um and and what will best suit the horse as well so you've got to think about you know if my horse is steady and i know it'll stand to let somebody come past then i will pull over and let them past but i might be on a young horse or one that's really freshly out of its stable it hasn't been exercised for the last couple of days and it really wants to go <laughs> and so it's actually potentially quite difficult to stop to, not to stop but to keep that horse standing still mm. for the duration of someone passing at a walk so in that instance i might say i'm really sorry do you mind if i come come on and get out of your way and just put it in that way yeah absolutely so that you're not saying you must stand still because i'm on a fresh horse not good <laughs> there are just, ways of saying there things. are ways of saying this so just say you know really sorry he's full of himself today do you mind if i just come past and get out of your way mm-hmm Great, thank you for that. Now, we should really mention about bridleways and restricted byways um, and boats. So that's byways open to all traffic. We've touched on it already, but those three that I've specifically mentioned, horses and horse carriage, um, horse carriages are allowed to go on there, aren't they? Horse, horse-drawn carriages are only allowed on restricted byways yes. and byways open to all traffic. Whereas bridleways um, and, and ridden horses allowed on bridleways and restricted byways and, and byways open to all traffic or boats as we refer to boats them. yeah absolutely and obviously with with boats you need to be more aware because you've got motorized vehicles possibly using absolutely. that as well so that that then is a whole different ball game isn't it because instead of just walkers and cyclists dog walkers you've possibly got motorbikes and four by fours using as well yes yes and that's another good reason to have high vis on because obviously those vehicles if they they're likely to be going faster than your walker or even your average cyclist might you know they might be though i know a lot of mountain bikers do get up quite a good bit of speed when they've got a suitable yes, track ahead of them <laughs> or the gradient is is good for it and uh, you know lots of fun um so high vis but also i would say most of the motorized vehicles that we meet in this part of the country are very courteous and civil um, That's really good. It's tricky. It can be tricky when you meet a four by four on a boat because actually an awful lot of them are just wide enough to accommodate that yeah, boat. So the issue is the space. That yeah. vehicle. Um, so passing space is an issue. Um, and I would ask, it's difficult because of course we've got so many sunken lanes in Hampshire. Sometimes mm. it can be really difficult to pass. Um, and it may be easier for the horse to go back and find a suitable parking space, passing space. Yeah. Or the vehicle driver may have seen something that they've just passed and say, no, don't worry, I'll, I'll back down to that. Mm -hmm. um, it comes back to this thing of 
common courtesy on the shared route. Absolutely, it's just something different that they need to consider rather than, you know, the other people on foot. Yes. It's interesting to think about that, isn't it? Yeah. And, and possibly just to switch off their engines as well. That's a really good point, especially with motorbikes, they're very loud. And I don't know about your dog, but my dog's petrified of them, so I can imagine how a horse may feel about a motorbike coming up. Then, yes, then they're, they're not the best sound in the world mm. for them. I uh, have to say that most of the off-road um, motorbike people we meet on the rights-of-way are very good. That's really they nice will, to hear. They will stop, turn off. Um, you obviously get some people who don't know the countryside code. They're probably not even on a boat. Mm. Um, that can be tricky. Yes. And yep. that's actually really hazardous to horses because you'll get one of these unsuppressed motors coming up very fast behind you on a, on a bridleway and you've nowhere to go. I mean, it's all about education. This is partly why we're doing the podcast too, you know, because Absolutely this is why we've right. got you here. Educating people about horse riders, carriage drivers, the general courtesy show and, and things that could go wrong if we don't show that courtesy. So it's all about education, isn't it? And it's always down to education. It's just trying to get the word out there, isn't it? It is. And, and, you know, in recent times, we've seen many more people out in the countryside and it's been brilliant to see how many more people are enjoying the countryside. But it's also clear that they're newcomers to the countryside and they need to learn, you know, yes. they need to learn the rules. And that sounds very a little preachy, but um, the rules are there for reasons. reasons. Absolutely. Yes. And the other thing is that it's, it's people's safety that's that's in, you know, directly involved mm -hmm. with this. Um, this is all about making sure that everybody can enjoy the countryside safely and serenely. Because yes. it is a great it's place to go. It's a beautiful place. And I personally don't think there's anything more quaint than going through the countryside and seeing horse riders or a carriage. Oh, it's quite a nice. quintessential English image. Do you know what I mean? And it is lovely to see it. We don't see many carriage riders much anymore. I personally haven't seen any for a while. Um, but when you do see one, it's quite a special image. It is quite special. We very seldom see them on the rights-of-way, partly because actually only 11% of Hampshire's rights-of-way are accessible at the moment to right. carriage drivers because that's all we've got in the way of um, restricted byways and, and boats. Um, Hampshire is actually better favoured for carriage driving off-road than many counties um, nationally. I think the carriage driving network is about 5% of wow. the total rights of way network. So walkers have about, walkers have 100% of the network. Yes. Um, ridden horses and cyclists nationally have only 22% of the rights of way network that That's they can use. That's interesting, yeah. And carriage drivers, it's 5%. Hence why I haven't seen many out and about. No, and you'll probably <laughs> see them on the road if you see them anywhere. Yes, correct. That's really interesting. I mean, we've touched on a lot of problems, so let's end on a positive. Yes campaigns that you guys are involved in I'd love to learn a little bit more about them um, because th you have mentioned a few of them while we've chatted but I would love to know a little bit more so the viewers can also look, look into them a little bit more if they're interested too. Absolutely delighted to do that yes I mean the BHS has a very has four charitable aims which include not only access but also safety and welfare and education and education also includes the accreditation of coaches who teach people to ride and riding centres where they can go and 
learn to ride or keep their horses if they've got a horse at livery. Um, so all sorts of campaigns are going on around those other charitable aims that we have. But so far as access is concerned, our main ones are um, we have the Ride Out UK fund, which raises money through um, what we call the Ride-a-thon, which takes place between May and October. We encourage riders to go out and log 70 kilometres of riding and get sponsorship for it. Wow. Um, and we hold various um, fun rides which raise money for Ride Out UK. And then this money is specifically available to improve the equestrian network, whether that's a resurfacing, it might be the replacement of a gate that is very difficult to, in, to, to open from horseback. Um, all sorts of different projects that we've been involved in. I've even, uh, one out up in Oxfordshire, we donated some funds to a local volunteer group who wanted to purchase a machine that would trim back the branches high up overhead um, so they could trim bridleways to the 3.4 3. metres <laughs> optimum that we, we sort of, horse riders unfortunately need quite a lot more overhead clearance. Yes, they do. So we were very happy to contribute to the purchase of that machinery. So this, essentially, um, they're a ramblers group, um, but they were happy to help our community That's on the really bridleways. That's really good to hear. So that was a very positive one. Um, other recent ones in Hampshire, we've had two bridleway resurfacing projects, um, which have been transformative. So, and local riders have been so grateful. Um, the BHS has put forward a certain amount of money on a match-funded basis and then other funds have come in from national park authorities, Hampshire County Council, local parish councils, the Ramblers, all sorts of different people um, to get this path improved for all, all users. What's nice about that is there were so many people involved, which was lovely to have so many different people from different walks of life get involved for that project. Absolutely. I mean, that one up in, that was the one with the National Park Authority involved was out of this area, it was down in Binstead, but mm -hmm. that one that you were involved with at Borkhurst. Borkhurst, I can't tell you how many local riders have said to me, thank you so much for getting that sorted out. That's so good to hear. And I think also raising the awareness through the work you did by getting volunteers on board, people within the local community who all thought, oh, we can do this. Yes, absolutely. It's and it's a sense of pride. And, and as you said, you work with volunteers too, or the BHS do. Any volunteer just wants to make a difference. Absolutely. You know, you could, you know, the task is sometimes irrelevant. They just want to, to put themselves to good work, and I think that's the and, lovely and thing about it. And make a tangible dif difference. Absolutely. And something that they can enjoy the benefits of. Yes, and and at the end go, I helped do this. Exactly. Great feeling. Yes. I've mentioned our Be Nice Say Hi campaign, which was joint with Cycling UK. Um, that's current. We've got a lovely couple of videos about how to pass each other on bridleways, how that's to pass super. each other on the roads. So I always recommend people take a bit of time to watch that. Um, we've got another campaign running by our, with our safety department called Dead Slow. Um, that's really about four key messages for drivers, which is when you see a horse on a road, slow down to a maximum of 15 miles per hour. Be patient and say to yourself, I won't sign my horn, I won't rev my engine. Pass that horse very wide, as wide as the road will allow, and slowly, yep. if safe to do, at least a car's width away from them if possible. 
and then drive slowly away. Okay. We have had a lot of reported incidents, unfortunately. Right. Um, the BHS probably only gets about 10% of incidents reported to us, but they do include fatalities, mm -hmm. both of horses and humans. Wow. Um, we've got a new Horse Eye app, which enables people to report these incidents right, really okay. easily. And the objective with this is to highlight where there are black spots and then work with the highway authorities and the local police to improve the road visibility and also to do some driver education. Yes. So we can then focus and target our efforts where they're most needed. Yes. Um, very important. Really important. And unfortunately, it just seems to be impatience, doesn't it? And there's just, you know... Everybody it's is in a hurry. That's and it. a lot of people don't realise that horses are legal road users. Mm. A lot of people think they shouldn't be. And to be frank, a lot of horse riders would, most horse riders would not have to use the roads, but they do have to because the rights of way network is so fragmented in yes, places. Yes, and for accessing the right of way, sometimes you will need to go on a country road at some point. And in the past, rural lanes were absolutely fine. Yes. But now we have rural lanes that are busy rat runs. Yes. Or tractors are getting much, much bigger and busier contractors are under pressure when they're at harvest time or doing yes. the silage. There's a Lots. lot more at play now, isn't there? There is, and, and the traffic on the rural roads is bigger. Right. And the roads are not really wide enough. Mm. Um, so if we can get more off-road access, mm. we would be much, much happier. And so that's another important piece of work that the BHS is currently doing for access, and that is researching all the unrecorded historic highways that would have been accessible to horses and doing everything they can to apply to get those on the definitive map of rights of way because there's a cut-off date the 1st of January 2026 any applications for paths to be recorded on the definitive map based only on historic evidence mm. will be the door will be closed on those applications on right. the 1st of January 2026 so we have got teams of volunteers and myself and my colleagues are all working our socks off looking for those historic roads and bridleways that should have been put on the definitive map when it was first created back in the 1950s and for whatever reason was missed. Bear in mind, back in those days, horse riding was seen as a as a dying thing you know the motor car was taking over yes and who would need horses who needed routes for horses so I quite understand why a lot of routes were left off the definitive map but we've got to get them back on if we're going to have safer riding for people and that's your project 2026 that's project 2026 and we have a whole raft of web pages on our website that are dedicated to that for anybody who is interested um, and we would say, you know, if there are unrecorded routes that aren't even footpaths, uh, we've got ramblers who are helping us with research for um, any that are potential bridleways. But the ramblers themselves are doing a lot of work, as you know, yes. with their own version of 2026. And um, some of them, you know, where they find evidence for a bridleway or a byway, then they'll apply for that higher status. Okay. So it will be an equestrian route. So we're all trying to work closely together and sharing information and evidence when we find it. 
um, it's it's a good feeling of working across the communities um, absolutely it's nice that as I said everyone's pulling together exactly yes because the more off-road ro access we can get the better for the non-motorized users and actually the better for the car drivers as well yes because they don't want to be held up by a horse on the road but the horse is allowed to be there whether it's pulling a carriage or being ridden by someone yes thank you so much for talking to us today petronella it's been really interesting to find out about what you self do now and the british horse society and obviously the projects and the campaigns you've got going on at the moment it's been really interesting so thanks for having the time to speak to us today well thank you for giving me that time i really appreciate that and it's a real pleasure to be continuing to work with former colleagues so thank you thank you It was really nice to speak to Petronella, wasn't it, Carly? It was, and not being a horse owner myself, I've learned a lot today, and hopefully the information will help other people avoid conflict with horses on our rights away. We are pleased to update listeners that since the recording of this podcast, the British Horse Society are delighted with the announcement of the update of the Highway Code. One of the main changes is a new hierarchy of road users, where horses are now alongside pedestrians and cyclists as vulnerable road users. This new rule highlights that irrespective of method of transport, those who can do the greatest harm have the greatest responsibility to reduce the danger or threat they may pose to others. Significantly, the advisory speed at which to pass people riding horses or driving horse-drawn vehicles has been reduced from 15 miles per hour to 10 miles per hour, and drivers must allow at least two metres of space. For further information on this, please visit the British Horse Society website or follow them on their social media. Do you like horses, Gemma? Well, you know, I, I really do like horses. I used to ride when I was younger, not so much anymore, but I, I feel quite confident around them. What about yourself? So I am not confident around horses. I'm one of those people that is a little bit nervous because that is half a tonne of big animal <laughs> that you don't know what's going to do. So this has really helped me know the best way to interact if I come across a horse on a right of way. Yeah, I think that was the key message, wasn't it, really? Mm -hmm. That's good. Now, fun facts, Carly. Yeah, so did you know that horses have 10 different muscles in their ears? And we, as humans, only have three. So that allows horses to rotate their ears nearly 180 80 degrees and why they can move them independently of each other. Can you wiggle your ears? No, but I want to see you do it. No, I can't wiggle my ears. And certainly not 180 degrees round. It's a pretty useful thing though, isn't it, for a prey animal, prey animal to be able to do that. So mm -hmm. they can swivel their ears, point towards the source of the sound and better determine if it's a threat or not. It's quite clever. Yeah, and in us humans, it's now a vestigial feature, which means it's a trait that was useful in our ancestral creatures but it eventually became functionless for us. So I hope you have all enjoyed this episode of Looking After Nature. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or thoughts or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode you can let us know by checking out our social media pages. And we'd really appreciate it if you'd rate and review our podcast on iTunes as this helps other people to find us. But for now thanks for listening. I'm Gemma Clinch and I'm Carly Harrod. See you next time.